0: A burning
1: thing. and it makes
0: a fiery ring.
1: Hello, welcome to episode, we'll say 41, of the Draft Champions Podcast. That's a complete guess. I'm here with Baseball Pods, Chris, Chris at Baseball Pods. How you doing, buddy?
0: Great. Thanks for
1: having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. It's uh, Wednesday night, July
0: 22nd it's baseball um, it's baseball
1: eve zach yesterday was baseball eve for me because i don't <laughs> i don't plan on sleeping tonight <laughs> um i'm serious but um right now um i wanted to have you on because we uh, it's long overdue um you need some redemption uh because we went we um we reviewed the battle of the podcast um with uh we had curland on uh, a good buddy of mine mikey that i asked him to come on tonight he didn't even respond to my text so what the hell is with that?
0: Probably asleep.
1: Yeah, probably asleep. Self-proclaimed nickname. He's like Shaq, giving himself his own nicknames. Um, uh, big. He's the Big Aristotle or the Big Sleepy. Um, <laughs> and um, we also had uh, Bat Flip Crazy on to, to do um uh, do some analysis. And then uh, we had a couple people on the, from this bo- Battle of the Pods. Uh, but I'll let you get into that. You can maybe explain, uh, just refresh everyone who was in it, and then we're going to go through your team. And then we're going to. Um, and, do some, and I'm going to have you do some analysis of the draft, which would which be great. Um, I, I do want to say that um, while we're recording this, I had to jump into a, 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 a DC. It says, and I don't think you can hear that, but it says, you are on deck. And I'm picking the, I have, a, I have a turn pick. So it's going to be good for the podcast because I'll have a large breaks between it, between the one I have to pick. But I'm almost on deck. We're in round 10 um and wow we got some we got some surprising guys left that i didn't think we're going to come back wrap around here um not to bore everyone with the, 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 the live, with a live draft here but i'm I had, the, I had the second pick um maybe we'll do some
0: updates during during this podcast but um oh, i mean zach what? you're doing you're doing two one live draft one slow draft a podcast, and you're get, getting ready for another draft tomorrow while recording.
1: And, yeah, and a main event tomorrow. I'm preparing for a main event tomorrow. We'll talk about that. So I'm, I'm multitasking. Um, and I'm, also, I'm also trying – during all this – I'm on the clock right now as we speak in a 55-second clock. I'm also actually doing work as well because it's um, getting close to the month end and i got to get, get some work done. But um, it's pick 149. I had the second pick, and I cannot believe this guy is still available, Nick Anderson. So I'm going to take him. And then I'm going, we're going to wait for two picks here and uh, see what the guy that had the first overall pick is going to do. Um, right now, my one person left in my queue and um, um, that was my second closer. My first closer was Hector Neris, who I got um, in, the, um, in the last uh, set, the last two picks, one of the last two picks I had. Um, so as we wait, I just...
0: I like, I like, I like Maris a lot. I think people were scared off by the COVID a little bit with him I'm, and uh, I like him a lot.
1: I'm the complete opposite. I I, I, I want to grab all the COVID guys because they're not going <laughs> to, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm, it's like, I want to grab Zeke in football because he's already had it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson's ADP and I just, I ran ADPs in NFPC between June and July. His ADP is 122. So it's a pretty good, pretty good bargain there. What number did you say you had him at?
1: 149. Yeah, nice. I actually, I thought about him, um, in the, on the, during the last round where I took Naris and I took, uh, Sino, another I, I I, it was like my COVID turn the last, the last round. And I don't even know who, um, who else is, um, who else I'd be looking at here. Uh, okay. I'm up. And, uh, the guy that's in my queue is still in my queue. And, but I'm just going to look elsewhere. So I already have two closers here. Um, but Craig Kimbrel is still available who is in my queue. Uh, I could grab him as my third closer and I like having three closers, especially to start because I tend to gravitate to some of the younger pitchers that might be called up in a week or two. And I'm just looking at the hitters. My hitting right now, my hitting is Albies, Machado, Sano, Yellick. And I think I'm leaning towards Kimbrel. So, in the interest of moving this podcast along, I'm going to select Craig Kimball and we'll, we'll come back to that. But yeah, I mean, I'm in a like, so I'm I'm doing this. Um, I couldn't resist like um, just uh, the ROI ROI on these um draft, these draft champions dash white um, uh because they're not going to, they're not going to fill all 15 leagues. I don't think, I think there might be get up to nine or 10 tonight and maybe one tomorrow. So, and there's also a promo code. So, they're really good value. So I couldn't resist it. I'm also in another slow draft. One guy is taking the two hours every single time, like every single time he would time (laughs) out and then he would take himself off on it. Like, like clockwork, he was obviously purposely doing this. So I've never seen it before where Greg had to go or Derek or Greg had to come in and they, they um, reduced the clock to one hour, like before round 30, I think in like round 18 because it was getting close too close to the season. And then again, and then Today or yesterday, I think yesterday they reduced the clock to thirty minutes. Um, so I'm in a thirty minute, like it's a thirty minute clock in that draft right now, too. Um, so and, and it could actually get reduced further because it's just such people are just drafting so slowly. Johnny Johnny L from MLB Moving average
0: is in that one,
1: and we got go well, he's a. the good thing
0: about John is he's a very patient man, so I'm sure it's not bothering him at all.
1: He hasn't said <laughs> he, he hasn't he hasn't said anything. I have. Um but I'm I don't really care that much because I've got some I've got other I got so much stuff I can barely keep track of so I don't really care. I'm, I'm sort of just giving them a hard time, but really I'm not I'm not like I, I don't care really that much when it, when it when it comes down to it. But I want to start off the show without further without further ado. Um we have a fan question. We don't usually have fan questions. And um this question is from G Lids, um uh from Twitter, and uh he he adds them back and forth. Um good guy a smart guy. And he said, Hey, I'm a big fan of the show. Um, I base most of my draft strategy off your show. Um, the NFBC and this guy, I don't know if you know this guy, he has like a coin on his profile picture, but um, very active on Twitter, loves NFBC. So, um, I'm glad to answer his question. Um, the NFBC is giving a free. And so he like, basically he's asking the NF- NFBC is giving a free look at the Thursday games. Does this give Garrett Cole a bump in value? Um, if you can, if and, and then actually that's sort of my question that I pose and he's asking, and he's sort of asking, is this true? If you can, if you can have the benefit of hindsight of like eight or 9% of your players total season, um, and you can determine whether or not you sit or start them for that percentage of the season, he doesn't, he doesn't understand. He said, I don't understand how that increases his value. He's like, I don't think it does in an in in overall. So, um, you know what in the interest of time i think we're gonna maybe leave that we'll think about that and we'll leave it to the end and we'll, we'll answer his question so let's simmer on that for a bit and get into
0: <laughs> you're just you're trolling him i'm huh? making him wait till the end I, I think that's fine we'll wait till the end well, I, so. know
1: he, I know he listens to the he listens to every <laughs> podcast he said he's like i listen i've listened to all your podcasts i love it i love um, i love um love everything about it i think you do a great job i think you're you're like you loves like my voice and how i how eloquent i am um wow and, uh, yeah so he's very complimentary um so we're going to move on and, like, um, and just build, build some suspense till the end and we'll answer his question. Maybe you'll help me out too. But um, I guess the one thing that's happened since uh, we talked and really recently is Mike Trout has said that he's um, playing this season. What do you think? The, um, so, Chris, um, let's, get, let's get you on this episode for a second here and um, talk about Mike Trout. What does that, what is, how does that impact things for him?
0: I mean I think it's it changes things a little bit. I mean I, I he's playing the season so that's I mean that's a big deal but the question for me is still how long is he going to miss when it's time to miss. You know he's going to have his child and God bless him he should take as much time as he feels he needs to and you know uh the question for me is not clear yet how long that's going to be. I don't think it I think I think it 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 makes you you probably breathe a huge sigh of relief and I saw like Vlad Sedler I think got him in the second round like Halfway through the second round in a draft recently, so that's a nice value there uh, that fell to him. But um, I just think um, I think it's, it, it gives you that sigh of relief he's not um, going to opt out. I never thought he was going to opt out, but I still don't think he's. I, th- I still don't think if we were drafting tonight, I would take him in the top three or four.
1: That was going to be that was going to be my next question for you.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, st- I think I would take him where I've been taking him, which would, and I haven't ended up with him in any recent drafts, but. I'd probably be fine with him like in the second half of the first round.
1: He wasn't worth the risk at the, over the last couple of weeks. Now, I'll tell you, I have I'm doing a main event. Uh, again, I've caved. Uh, I have the sixth pick. So mm-hmm. I think I might have that um that dilemma. Decision. Yeah. But I think it's a good thing regardless, because if he goes before my sixth pick, he, I'm gonna it's gonna just push. Um there's a good chance he might go before the sixth and uh he'll push guys like potentially your like well, if, if he does go in the top six, I'm going to get one of uh, Yellick, Yakuna, Betts, Bellinger, Cole. Cole. Yeah. So th- those are my top six. And then if Trout does fall to six, um, it'd be tough to pass him. I think it'd be tough at this point to pass him at six.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I, – I mean, I, I, I think it still feels risky to me, but it's a risk worth taking. I mean, anybody could catch COVID any time this season. So, you know, he's going to miss time with the birth of his child. He's playing the full season. It seems like he's committed to his team. So I think if I was in your shoes, I would take him sixth.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. If he is available, and if he's not, then there's some good there's some good options there too. But um, to, to to your point, that's a really good point. So like because it's a risky season for everyone. So really that it's um it levels a playing field for for someone with that scenario, and um and you got to think he's going to be extra careful because he's got a newborn on the way. And uh, he's not going to be going out um, after games like some players might. So yep. that just, that's just maybe a small factor that would say that um, that, that, that would be in his favor. Yep. Um, so speaking of the main, um, I don't know if you followed it in the boards. I think things have changed up, and, and maybe, I'll, maybe we'll get to that when you, um, when you start uh, doing some analysis on our, our battle of the podcast league. Um, but um, I, I've been prepping for it. And you know what? I did one, and it's my first main. Um, Uh, This is really my first year getting into the NFBC a lot. Um, And um, I'm trying to get any, any, any edge that I can. And I'll tell you, um, I was like, you look at your opponents and you want to look on Twitter and see who they, and it's pretty, sometimes you get, you get some good information. You can see who they're, who they're, um, they're inclined to take. Um, But I was able to actually um, look at players. I looked at who's going to be my draft, my first one. And I said, have they done any drafts, any main events before that? And I also looked at any draft champions leagues I was in with them. So I found a couple, I think one of the guys was in one of my draft champions leagues and I see who are your late targets? Like, how do you like your catchers? Like the guys you're taking Alfaro or Mejia. when are they taking them? I can just see which players they, they sort of gravitate towards. And um, yeah, things could change over the months, but um, it, it does give you some good, good, good visuals into how they're going to draft. But one thing, uh, I don't know if this guy's going to mind me saying it. I don't think he will, but um, um, Dusty Wagner was in my, um, in my main event and he's been on the, he's in the podcast. Great guy. Like he was super, super nice, but, um, and a great player too. Um, he drafts really well and obviously very, very acclaimed. So I'm saying, okay, how can I get an advantage here? I want to see how he picked and what, and I don't think he cares because he he's one of those guys, he's pretty open about things and he drafted all he did was he said, I'd pick from the tenth slot And he, and I think he, he might've posted the first couple picks or something like that but the thing is he drafted on a day where there's only one draft and the NFBC posts the ADP for the main event. So all you have to do is sort by that day and you can see that one drafts ADP. So all you do is you copy and paste it into Excel and then you, um, you um, put all of his pick numbers in a column and then you just do a value lookup and poop. That was his team. So I could see exactly where he, I, I could see um, exactly where he took guys. So for example, um, I'm not going to give any examples to, I'm not going to say any names or anything, but I, I saw his draft board. So I was able to see him like, okay, uh, he probably was targeting this perhaps utility player on the Texas, on the Texas Rangers at some point, uh, around the two, like in, in a certain range. So I said, okay, he's probably going to get this guy. And, um, he was a guy that I was sort of looking at the, in there that area too. And I, and it just, it just sort of helped that anything, anything you do to get an edge, um, is kind of cool. And, um, with, with that, with this much uh, money on the line, yeah, you want to, you want to put in your research, not only to, um, the, the players, but also the, the, like not only to the baseball players, but your, um, league opponents as well is, uh, just my sort of, uh, one thing that I've, um, learned and I'm sure other people do as well. What do you think? What do you, uh, any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on that sort of game gamesmanship? Do you think that's legit or do you think that's sort of, um, do you think it's like too sneaky or is I think, or do you think it's fair game?
0: I mean, I think it's, I I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's fine. I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Dusty seems like a really good dude. He's, um, but I will tell you, like he was one of the, er, like earlier this year, I think I put some uh, results from a DC. It was low stakes and I forgot to cover the guy's names up. And he was like, he gave me a nice aside. It was like, Hey, Chris, some people really, I don't care that much about it, but some people are like really crazy about it. So um, I think it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, look, different people are different ways. I posted a question about today on Twitter about how people do their fantasy, how they do their – set their pitching rotations for the week, like which resources do they use. And, like, some people were, like, super open and out there, and then other people were, like uh, – because no one responded at first. I was, like, what is this, a state secret? And then a bunch <laughs> of people responded, and, like, some people were, like, actually, it's kind of a state secret. <laughs> so, really? really? I, I, yeah, I think, like, to each their own. Like, I mean, when people are putting over a $1,000 down in a game, they're entitled to you know whatever they can do, but I mean if uh, everyone knows ADP's out there, everyone knows that it's available. So if you're if you were, re- I'm sure if Dusty cared that much about it, he would not have drafted on a day with one, uh, you know, with, with 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 one day of, uh,
1: of ADP. ADP. I think he posted some of his team. I really don't. I really don't think he's going to care. No, I don't. Think talking does. about it. And I'm not. I'm not saying any of the. Pl- I'm not, And I know people have told me. i I did. The, I did the same mistake too. I posted a board with the names by accident. Because I think I posted it from my phone, where you can like the names show up like multiple times, whereas if you do it from the computer, it's only at the top. Uh, I forget who it was, but I think it was Duncan who told me. He he told me I'm like, oh shit, and then I I took it down. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think I don't know I don't think he, I don't think he'll care. He think, uh, yeah. it's more I think it's more of a it's more of a respect shout out for him, anyways. Uh, yeah, exactly. More, you, a,
0: I mean, the fact that you care that much about how he drafts. It's- yeah,
1: no, for sure, absolutely. That's that's really how I would take it if I were him. Um, but yeah, let's get into the battle of podcasts and I'm just going to give you the floor because I've been rambling on. I know, um, I know that g guy likes to hear me talk, but, um, um, we'll give it over to you for a bit. Um, um, let's maybe go over who's like just quickly, yeah, some, of talk- some of the people that were in the draft and then your team and then sort of some analysis on the draft. So sure, there's, there's, take, there's like take, like take a- it
0: away, Chris. Zach. <laughs> exactly. There's like, there's a, so first of all, we did this draft, Zach brought it together in pre-COVID and it was a group of podcasters and a lot of people you would know, listen to this one from, you know, uh, that represent like Eric Cross uh, from Fantrax, Chris Towers from CBS, uh, you know, um, you had uh, Ralph Lefschitz who's, you know, on Prospects Live and Rasball. We talked about uh, John uh, from MLB Moving Average, uh, Mike Simeone from uh, SB Streamer, uh, Mike Kerlin from Bases Loaded, uh, and I think Matt Williams was, uh, I thought Matt Williams was on this. I think he was originally anyway. Um, from I, I asked him
1: to, I asked him to, but we, he, he couldn't uh, do it. He couldn't yeah. do it, but, do, but John was the same podcast, right? Yeah.
0: Same podcast uh, turn two like at right. the
1: time at the time.
0: Yeah. And then Toby, yeah, that's right. He's got a new one now. And then Toby from Batflip flip crazy, um, Ray Butler from prospects 365 and a uh, donkey teeth. And uh, just naming some of them. So 15 team league. And then Scott Chu from a uh, uh, from pitcher list. So 15 Fifteen or Scott, you actually from WFB, I believe. Uh, so um, you know, fifteen-team league, uh, straight draft champions format with fifty rounds, uh, and you know, no trades. You just draft for the season. Uh, so we did one originally. I loved my draft after the first one. I think I came on here and talked with you and Craig about it. Um, Craig's also in the league. This draft, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't love as much. Uh, it was different for me um but uh but but i still implemented my kind of approach to the 60 game sprint and so like i have a i have a few rules and actually i did a draft with bubba in a bubble league with bubba last night he had a, a a league that he asked me to join and i actually applied a very different approach just to see because a very low stakes league but to see uh, kind of have a test case this season so because most of the leagues i drafted in, i went with you know, I have a, a number of about like 10 different rules that are. I'll just go over really quickly. One is I wanted aces early. Like, I'm totally with, that, with with Toby on this This in the short season. I view the middle of the draft of starting pitchers as a landmine. I'd rather get a, a couple arms early, and I wanted older arms that I felt were going to be able to ramp up early veterans that were going to keep their head on straight during the offseason. Um yeah, I read. I, I read
1: that article. It was really good, actually. Maybe you should say. Maybe you should tell everyone. You know, oh yeah,
0: sorry. So. Yeah, it's it's. All, if you go to baseball podscom it's ten tips for the 50, 60 game sprint. Yeah, that was
1: um, awesome. It was good. You got so, some great feedback on it too.
0: Yeah, no, I did. It was was great, uh, and it's pu- pushed some pushed, pushed me a little bit too. Like uh, we were, I was going back and forth with Ron B. McBee on, uh, on Twitter on closers. Um, I don't want so just so you know, I wanted a couple of closers, but I didn't want like the most expensive ones. And then, like, stacking bats as much as possible. You know, that's what I was looking for. Like, I'm looking for people getting in the top half of the lineup. And I don't want any zeros. Like, no zeros in stolen base if possible. I'm trying to avoid the guys that are more likely to hit 200 help. Anybody could hit 260 games. Um, and then just the other thing I would say is I really definitely prioritize multi-eligible players. That's because I think a lot of players are going to get sick this season, and they're going to sit, and you want flexibility in your lineup. And especially in a league where there's no free agent ads, uh, I feel like that's important. So that was my basic um, approach going in. Uh, And then, like, so I had the eighth pick, and I took Trey Turner there. Um, And I I was very happy to get Trey Turner there. I've heard mixed things on whether people want to push up stolen bases or not. I want a well-rounded team, period. And I thought Turner could – you could argue at that point that Turner was the fourth or fifth most valuable player um uh, I would have definitely taken uh, taken him sixth no doubt and uh, maybe fifth so I was happy to get him there the only problem with getting Turner and, and this is a general problem I faced I don't know if you faced it this exact I love so many shortstops this year like I love so many of them like when you use a first round draft pick on that on a shortstop but like mm-hmm. there's at least one sleeper you're gonna have to pass on later on in the draft and so uh, that, that definitely came back to haunt me a little bit but uh I,
1: always, I, I tend to always want to target a shortstop in the early going just because after like, yeah, there's so many good ones, but they go so quickly. So I really, after like, even if you're picking like in the back half of the fourth round, like if you picked, um, if you're, if you have one of the first couple picks and you have a, like, you have a late fourth round pick, they're going to be gone by then. Like Bichette and, and Xander are gone by then. And like, what do you, and you're going to wait for
0: Korea maybe. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I love, I love a couple. I'll go, I'll, we'll talk, I'll talk about a couple guys. I love later. I, I got one of them. Uh, but there are a couple others that I just really think are, are fantastic um, that are later that have a lot of upside. So I just I, – I think it's okay to leave the position blank for a minute. But then, I, then like, my two more controversial picks, which I definitely uh, pushed up. In the second and third, I took more, Charlie Morton and Zach Greinke. I definitely pushed up Greinke and I'll regret that one a little bit. Um, I think there are other pitchers I could have gotten in the sixth or seventh even. But I like Greinke more than a lot of the other pitchers that were picked after me. Um, I just I, – I think he's a – you know, he's a quirky dude for sure, but I just think he knows what he's doing with his body and can get, up, get it up to speed quickly. Um, Morton, um, I just think is – and we'll talk about him with my bold predictions later. I just think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Almost all of his risk has been mitigated in 60 games. Spoiler yeah.
1: alert. Spoiler alert. He's That's in, right. He's in, no, he's in, my bold, he's in my
0: bold predictions too, but yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We'll, see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So that, So that was my second and third. And then just to give you a preview – I didn't pick another starting pitcher until around seventeen. Wow,
1: I just, so, I'm, just, I'm just looking at that right now.
0: So, so yeah, and
1: just, and this, just to just to say, just to just to interrupt for a second, I gave you a hard time when um, who was on? I think it was either Mike or um, Toby, but uh, I gave you a hard time on your team, not anything against your team. Just these are like Morton, Granke, and then your next pick, who you're going to talk about? Those yeah, are yeah. The classes, and Turner, and Turner, even to a degree, they're just guys that I've been off of. Nothing to get, nothing against, like how you drafted or. How you, yeah. how you did anything? It's just players that I that I don't target.
0: And yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. And like I like I said, I'm not even Charlie sure done Grey again. I still stand by more. Maryfield. Right. So anyway, Mary Whit Maryfield, my fourth round pick, another guy. Did like and by the way, Toby loved a bunch of my picks, so I, I didn't take any offense to it. Either. <laughs> well, I
1: I would do, I'd much rather Toby love my picks and me hate them <laughs> than me love your picks and Toby hate them.
0: <laughs> so, exactly. I think that's a win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Maryfield's not a guy. Hey, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry. To- Toby's Toby, man. I, I-, 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 yeah, yeah, I- yeah. trust me. You could, you could, you could. Uh, in that equation, you and I could switch places, and I feel the same. <laughs> that way. <laughs> um, fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, but with Maryfield in the fourth round? Not a guy I have a lot of. But once again, looking for some. I want a well-rounded players that are getting a ton of at bats. He's going to get them. Um, I I don't think he's going to steal a ton of bases, but he's going to be some. He's a good batting average guy. And uh, and he's given me multi- second bases week. Uh, like j- just to give you an idea, i am talk about a position that flew off the board: Albies, uh, Marte, Glaber, Altuve, Hira, and VR all went in the first three rounds. So um, yep. you know, so that was it was a real run right there. So Mary Field's fine. Uh, and, you know, not one of my favorite players. I think he is undervalued. He's very unsexy. I tend not to have him on my teams and. Uh, but when I was looking at like dollar values, it just, it makes sense. Uh, my fifth round pick, I did get I seem to get this guy in the fifth round almost everywhere as Ramon Laureano and I love him five category guy on the come. I think he's going to be a really solid uh, player in the middle of Oakland's lineup. I don't, and I, and I just think he's a little bit underappreciated. Um, six round max Muncy, once again, multi-position eligibility should get a decent amount of at bats pretty safe player as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, I just – I love him. I love Moustakis, who I didn't get, but he went in the next round. Um, and I, might, I think he went right – but he went – I probably would have taken Moustakis in the seventh round if I could have doubled down on this type of player. Um, but I couldn't because he went right before me in the seventh round. And I went to Andrew Benintendi. Now, he's a guy I had not been in on in the beginning part of the season. But he looks like he's going to lead off in Boston. And uh, I think that means he's going to run a little bit as well uh so i think you'll see a little bit of that i was always banking on a mild rebound and really once again this is about stacking plate appearances you're going to lead off for the red sox you should get a lot of plate appearances so i like i like that value there and once again a balanced player that's what i'm looking for across the board Uh, which goes to round eight maybe my favorite pick jorge polanco i think the guy is criminally underrated i don't think if you if he hits like one or two you look at their projections um and this is nothing against xander xander went in the fourth round. Uh, Jorge Polanco is like one and a half to two home runs south of Xander Bogarts. Wow. If he does that, they're basically the same value when you look at that in hmm. the season. Hmm. So um, hitting in the middle of the Minnesota lineup, really good young hitter. Rob Silver really turned me on him earlier in the summer. when I was just kind of glancing over him in the muck of the shortstops. And I actually think he's a really good pure hitter, like just baseball hitter. And uh, a fantasy player in the middle of that lineup that would be really good. Um Then I took my two closers, uh, Rysel Iglesias and Hansel Robles, ninth and the 10th. In retrospect, I would have rather had uh, probably someone uh, uh, different than Iglesias. Um, I don't know exactly who I'm looking for, who would have been picked after him, but I'd be, I feel so much, Iglesias is a little shaky. I don't love him. Uh, I love Robles. I don't know why I didn't pick him first but someone maybe like Archie Bradley, I would have been more comfortable with Iglesias it, with, with closers to me. It's all about the role. So, uh, I just, you know, and some, you have has some skills, but the role is the most important thing. And Rysel has, he's, he's had a little bit of a relationship issue with Cincinnati management. That being said, I think it was Alex fast on Pitcher list, did a study the reds rarely change closers as an organization. It's like seems to be part of their philosophy. So, um, those are my two closers just to like anchor my team and then uh, I kind of went through the next three of the next four picks are uh, were outfielders uh, once again well-rounded guys uh, JD Davis also qualifies at third base so they were JD Davis Andrew McCutcheon and Ryan Braun and Braun since then has gotten a little cranky and hopefully his back hip neck elbow yeah. and everything else that's ailing him will it's like, like that
1: um, song
0: right it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. The knee bones connected to the hip bone. Right. And they're all of Ryan Braun's bones. No, broken. Well, I wasn't thinking that song. Oh, no. Maybe you were thinking about a different stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like my neck,
0: my back. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's, we're, we're, he's, we're on totally different pages here. Totally different pages. Could not have been more different, but I'll take it. Yeah. I got, uh, uh, mine's a little more G rated. Um, but uh, Ryan Braun is, uh, he's like, he should play every day. He should be really good. And same thing with Andrew McCutcheon. And they're boring old guys, but I think they'll even chip in a few bases if they if, if they play. Um, once again, hitting in lineups that should turn over and in good places in the lineup. JD Davis, you know, in the 11th, a bit of a risk. I like him. I think he's got really good hard hit data. And uh, I just think, you know, he can, he's going to play. He, they want to get that bat in the lineup, third base or outfield. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I pulled the trigger on him. Um, then the thirteenth round, I took Christian Walker. Who, man, he was like the last of the first base. But I was sweating bullets. Uh, I was like, I really don't because the next guy, I guess, like Luke Voigt and CJ Crone are like they were okay next options. But Walker has the potential to be elite. Um, He's and, hurt though now. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm just talking about where I was when I drafted. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, I was thrilled with him. Now I'd rather have Luke Boy or CJ Crone. Um, not clear. But I don't know if you've heard anything more recent, but I haven't seen it's like I haven't, I haven't seen a clear sign that it's going to be a long-term mystery heard, or outage. Anything. But uh, I, haven't I haven't
1: heard anything. Like hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Yeah,
0: we'll get to another person who's hurt in a, in a few picks. Uh, so the, my next two picks, I double tapped on catchers Jorge Alfaro and Travis Darno. Alfaro is a guy I just like a little bit more than um, than the muck that tends to go at catcher. He's a super athlete. He's got like elite sprint speed. Uh, he's, you know, his nickname, you know, one of his nicknames has got what was like the legend. Um, and, you know, he, he should hit every day in that lineup. They should give him every chance to, to play full time at bats. So he could, there's a batting average risk there. I get it. But, like, I think there's also upside there. He's still in growth mode as far as I'm concerned. And growth isn't always linear, but um, I'm hopeful that I, I like it. I like the upside here in knock 15. To Arno, he qualifies at catcher and first base. He's not a great hitter, but he should have a lot of opportunity in Atlanta. And with Freddie Freeman, I, you know, at this point, we weren't sure when he was going to be back. That was also – I thought he may get some time, and he still may get some time spelling Freeman at first base, right? I just felt like that was a good uh, good way for a catcher to get some extra bats. Uh, I'm
1: with but, you on Arno. I love him too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then um, – Tanaka I picked right before he got hit in the head with very scarily with a linebacker. I think that was, I think this was right before that. I'm pretty sure it was the day before I could be wrong, but I think he's going to be okay. Anyway, it looks like he'll be back second or third time through the lineup, but he's the beginning of my, the way that I just stacked a whole bunch of arms. So if you look at round, uh, you know, 17 to, to like 31, 32, this is where I just, I just – this is where I figure I'm going to take some shots on volume, a lot of arms that are starting arms that are that are going to be – and I think half of them will probably break out and half of them probably won't. But I don't think that a lot of the pitchers that were picked in that messy middle are going to break out either. And I'd rather – so i got hitters in those slots where I'd rather. So I'm not going to go through every round, but Tanaka, Yanni Torinos, Jordan Montgomery, nice upside play. Uh, Chris Bassett, Tony Gonsolin, you know, he just got sent down, so we'll see. Um, and then uh, and then uh, Dalton Jeffries and Wade Miley and Clark Schmidt, another guy that got sent down. So those are some of the starters that I picked up. I, just, I like all of them individually um, for various reasons. Uh, and then I picked up uh, – I took like a couple – Matt McGill was still around. I didn't really want a third start. Or really, I wasn't looking for a, a third closer, and he's maybe not a closer, but um, he might be. And uh, I'll take the free saves if he is, right? I mean, in round 23, I mean –
1: Isn't he like the last closer going off? Like last, like quote closer going
0: off the board? Yeah, I think he was. I think I like him.
1: I like him more than um, anyone in Baltimore. I like him more than anyone in Miami. And um, that's as far as I'll go right now.
0: Yeah, but it's yeah. What like it's at that point? It's like maybe he's just a really good eighth inning guy. And I think in one of the things I took at the end of the draft that you'll if you go down like my last four or five picks are all relievers that I think are good relievers and have good skills and will be people I can plug in if, my, if I don't like my starters matchups. Um, and they're like, just dark throws. Trevor Gott in San Francisco, Cam Bedrosian in L.A., uh, Scott Barlow in Kansas City, Justin Wilson with the Mets and Andrew Chapin with Arizona. And they're just they're, and, and, and I also picked up guys a little earlier like Chris Martin, John Gant, Andrew Kittredge, and Daniel Ponce de Leon, who made bounce in and out of the rotation just these are arms that I think I'm going to be more comfortable starting uh, than a lot of, you know, when Tanaka, you know, goes into, uh, you know, uh, goes into Houston or something like that, and he's coming off two bad starts. Maybe I, you know, maybe I plug in, uh, you, know, you know, maybe Chris Martin has, who's you know a sick reliever in Atlanta, has like a, a, you know, seven game slate against weak offenses. And I just, that's the way I'm planning on playing it this season a little bit differently. Um, some of my other bats just to fill out, Austin Riley and, uh, uh, and Cole Calhoun, just looking for some cheap late power. I think if you look at my team overall, powers, where it could be lacking, uh, which is, was intentional and part of the plan, but I wanted to get some power late. So that's one of the reasons that uh, I took some some flyers on, uh, on, on guys that I think should, if nothing else, be able to smack the ball out of the yard. I, Austin Romine I took into 22nd, and Hansel Alberto uh, I took into 26th. Also, it just like those guys, um, full-time at bats. I think Romine will get close to it in Detroit. Uh, I don't love him as a hitter, but sometimes you're looking for plate appearances, and Alberto should get every chance to play. And has multi-position eligibility. He's a little bit of a sneaky guy, and then you'll see a lot more of that with some, with my pitchers, my picks, and ter- my bats in terms of the multi-position. Marwin Gonzalez, Nico Honor, He should be starting at second base, and he's also a guy everybody seems to be down on. Uh, But uh, he's sorry, he'll he'll have second-base shortstop eligibility. Jose Osuna at Pittsburgh slated a back cleanup, and he's got first-base outfield eligibility. Um, And then, you know, later on just took some darts on, uh, you know, uh, James McCann, who hit like 300 last year but is forgotten in Chicago. Jose Iglesias, he's going to get full-time at-bats in Baltimore and also maybe even hit like high up in the lineup, a very forgotten guy in these deep leagues and Brad Miller, who might DH in uh, in, uh, in, in St. Louis. Um, some of the other late outfielders I took flyers on, Phil Irvin, which I think looks really good as a potential flyer, Brad Zimmer, Tyler Wade, and Albert Almora, just guys that I think are players who, if injury strikes, I mean, Almora's glove puts him in the lineup. Zimmer's an upside dart. You know, He was a hell of a prospect that's fallen off, and he can finally get healthy. You never know. And they don't have a lot of depth in Cleveland's outfield. And then the last guy I'll just mention is Zach McKinstry on the Dodgers. Uh, you know, he's, Gavin Lux is no longer in his way. But, um, uh, you know, he's, he's a player who hit very well in Triple-A. L- I think it was Triple-A last year for Oklahoma City. And has he's a guy that the Dodgers could bring up to kind of be a super util guy if one of their other guys goes down. So that's the squad. I, I don't love it as much as I like the first time we drafted. I'm not going to say that I do. And I got I felt like this was a draft where a lot of people got picked I mentioned uh, Mous- I mentioned uh, earlier but there were three or four times of the draft where I wanted somebody that went right before me so it kind of sucks because team.
1: we all drafted together and we saw the we saw who we wanted
0: yeah yeah that was part of it
1: it was a little but, bit, it's a little bit annoying but
0: yeah but, but I, st- I, st- I think it's a competitive team and you know I, like I said I think uh, I took the, I, I, I followed my i followed my script so we'll see if the script was right because one of the things that I tell people when I was like 10 tips for the 60 game sprint is anybody who tells you they know exactly what's going to happen this year is lying or, 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 or really fooling themselves. So like nobody knows exactly what's going to happen any year this year, less than ever. So I took this approach. And like I said, I did a, this was the general approach I took with about five drafts that I've done since the re, restart of the draft season. And I did right. one, uh, I did my one uh, control case with Bubba's league. So We'll see how they turn out. It'll be an interesting uh, experiment at the end of the season to see what was the right approach and what wasn't.
1: Cool. And Maybe you want to look at, um, before we move on, some of the differences between this draft and how, like I guess, the mains are, mains are drafting now. One of, the, one of the obvious things was closers. Um, I think they might have already been getting pushed up a bit by the time we did our draft, because we did our
0: draft after the season was uh, decided to restart. I think you're right, but I think they've gotten pushed up way more since. Oh, you're so, absolutely you're right. You're right, You're absolutely right. You're I right, mean, this right. we kind what's, we kind of we draft. We were probably one of the first drafts to go after the restart um, that was on NFBC, I would imagine, and I would. There's no way I'm getting Hansel Robles. I don't think or Rasyel Iglesias this late. I mean, Kirby Yates uh, is not getting out of like the third or the fourth now. He went in the towards the end of the fifth in this draft. Yeah. So I I think that you're right. That's one of the trends is closures going way up. And then I think another, I see starters getting pushed up too. And, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit, a lot of boring, but really good bats are getting pushed down in these main events. Yeah. Uh, A lot of good ones, especially ones that don't run like just the three category, four category guys that aren't running or breaking out or anything like that. Uh, just, they just put up the numbers. They're the ones that seem to be
1: falling. What do you think? I, I agree. I think there's guys that like uh, what I did when I, when I did the main event is I, um I, I got the, the ADP from all the, diff- all the different drafts to that point, because I could, I was able to figure out um, there's five drafts that happened already before that day. And I got all the, all the players that were picked and I looked at their men, the max and all their other picks guys like Eloy. Eloy was going like late um, in round, like in the eighties. Um, I don't remember everything but just to give you an example not to brag about my team because I don't think my team like I think it was a tough draft I don't think my team was that, I don't think my team's anything amazing but um, just to k- k- give you um, um, an idea of some of the values that were happening was I got Vlad like in the late Vladimir Guerrero in the late 60s I got Sano in the 140s and I got Garver in the 150s and that that was never happening yep. and I got and I got Luke Voigt in the 230s
0: so yep. wow 230s?
1: Yeah. So and and yeah, he's the reason why I, I whiffed on Corbin Burns because I'm like I can't pass up Voight. I was going to take Burns around that time, and then uh, he actually I got I got sniped right before my pick um, on Burns um, the next the next time around. Um, but um, yeah, I'm like how can I miss how can I pass up with Voight and I uh, I just ended up I ended up loading my corner infield uh, positions and um, had, I sort of had a weaker outfield because there was just some just good hitters um that I just didn't want to pass
0: up at that point <laughs> but it just goes to show you how much drafts can also change like in a week I mean this, right now I mean it's crazy and, and not just with I mean so that's like drafters adjust adjusting and making you know but there's also just the player news that has come out since we drafted like I mean so Tanaka was one uh Christian Walker was two on my team but like I'm glad. Like, imagine if you drafted like I think Giovanni Gallegos. That's a that's a twelfth twelfth round pick. Um, I, I don't, you know, hope I didn't. I hope I didn't get him there. Did I? No, I, Craig did. You're, our good our good friend Craig.
1: I was mad that he got him too because I, the, Gallegos is a target of mine. I still do like him. I think his value is great now. Um, that's 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 a tough situation to navigate.
0: That's, yeah, but I mean that's just what, it, There's a those are three. Uh, I, you know, many different examples, and like uh, there's another one. You know, like and I don't think it's. I still think it's a good pick, but. With uh, Willie Calhoun is back and he's uh, looks like he's going to be healthy and you know Nick Solak, seventeenth round pick, you know I still think that's good value there. I think he'll work his way into the bats, but it doesn't look like he may be starting in the lineup. I mean, it's not clear, but the most re- one of the most recent lineups they put out, uh, he wasn't there. Um, so I just think you know a lot of things are changing very quickly. I think they're all they always change right before the beginning of the season, and then COVID is just like been this extra spicy you know meatball on the top of what's already a, a crazy mixed up uh you know situation so i think that uh i think that you know playing it's paying attention to player news right now it's almost impossible to overreact yeah
1: any any pieces of news i, I heard there's some stuff going on about um yandy diaz today but i didn't see anything I, there there is some people talking about him on Twitter, but. Um
0: no, I didn't see anything specifically about Yandy. Um, I think it may have had more to do, but I, it was, I think it had something to do with – and I didn't get a chance to catch up on the news before we got on here, but I think it had to do with someone else in the Rays lineup and uh, Yandy may be benefiting from it. So um, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I saw that as well. But, I mean, the other thing is, like, I'll tell you another player that um, uh, that is just – whose stock has risen – dramatically since we drafted, and that's – he didn't go too late in this draft, but that's Aaron Judge. I mean, he looks like a monster right now. And so if you were drafting tomorrow, I'll be curious to see if he lasts until the end of the fourth round.
1: You know who else is going up a lot? is Cesar Hernandez. I'm just I'm thinking that because I just selected him in this other draft that that I'm in the middle
0: of. Well, Cesar's been one of my guys all offseason. Uh, I don't – I didn't understand the hate against him when there was hate against him. He's uh, – he – I it looked like – Everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, well he was, uh, um, you know, he's leading off now for the Indians." And it's like there was a lot—the the rumors out of camp in the spring where he was going to lead off for the Indians. Uh, you know, they went out and they signed him. He didn't want to play him. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of Caesar. That's a—I love him.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Gallegos just went. We're in the 240s. Gallegos just went at pick 240. Um, and I'll just pause for a second while I, I've got to make my second pick on this turn. But I want to ask you: um, We talked about closers getting moved up. Do you agree with that? Because I, I want to say something about that after. I'm going, to, I'm going to play. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a reason, like, not not to say I believe it or not, but here I'm going to give you an argument as to um, why you shouldn't draft clo- draft closers so early.
0: Yeah. Well, you're not going to get much of an argument from me, but I'll just give you like my general perspective on closers. And almost every year in recent years has been to avoid that top tier and avoid the bottom tier. Uh, There are always a number of closers, I feel, who I just like more than the crowd. And I feel like I've been more right than I've been wrong in the middle tiers. And when you're paying a middle tier price, it's also not going to cost you an elite back. Uh, and when you look at the I mean, last year's track record is definitely not great when you look at who the top closers were going into last year and who they ended up being. And it's not like I was – I'm, I'm not predicting Kirby Yates is going to implode this year or that Josh Hader is going to implode. But there's certainly a lot of risk, I think, with Hader, uh, although I still think he has value as a non-closer. Um, and I just – it doesn't, for me, make sense to pay up for, for saves that much uh, in, in, in most of these formats. I'd rather get a couple of solid guys I like in the middle that are much cheaper, and then sometimes I'll end up grabbing like a third closer. Uh, the guy that I did that a lot with in the spring is Joe Jimenez. Uh, he was going so late, uh, and now he's moved up. I think a lot of people have realized, you know, especially with the job security he seems to have there, he's worth a higher pick. But another guy I don't mind doing that with is Sean Doolittle right now. And in this draft, I did it with Mike McGill very late. McGill very late. But I'm, I'm with you, Zach. I don't, I don't see paying up for, for closers. Uh, And I, I just, I haven't seen it work. And so uh, until I do, I'm not going to do it.
1: Well, especially in leagues with waivers. And like, I think the reasons why you, why you would pay up for closers are because um, it's, you play in an overall event. So you got to do really well in saves. And because um, they're, you're fab, you're, it's going to be tough to get those closures because there's going to be heavy bidding. Now, here's my argument. and not, not to say, like, just give you an example, my clothes in the main event were Nick Anderson and Craig Kimbrell. Um, that was basically it. And I got Daniel Hudson, who I like. Um, I'm, a, I'm on the Hudson.
0: Yeah, too, I, like, I like him, too. I like him, too.
1: Because just for his price, right? Like I said, yeah. I, I think um, even if he's, like, falling into partial 25% of the saves in, in, in Washington and getting you decent ratios, that's still better than um, yeah. whoever's in Baltimore, Whoever's you're scrounging for all those people in Baltimore, Miami, even Kansas City um that that could be good uh but you never know but here's 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 my argument or here, here's what i'm and not to say i completely believe this because of the draft that i'm doing right now i took nick anderson craig kimbrell and hector nera so i'm heavy on I, I, I spent quite a bit of capital on closers but i'm saying in a short season with a short spring summer training and more potential injuries because especially for pitchers ramping up and the coronavirus yeah, you'll be dipping into the backup pool more than ever this year. I think that's safe to say. Um, would you agree?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I think position players like hitters, um, their their backups have, have that their value is based on skill. Same with starting pitchers, more so than what I'm going to talk about closers. Like take for example Clint Frazier last year. Like he's a talented player. And he, and like, he got injured, but he was a hot waiver wire pickup and he did well for a couple of weeks until he got injured. But the point, my point is that he's, um, his, his value was based on, um, like someone like him, it's based on skill. Whereas like, um, what's a guy in Seattle with long hair that like a backup, what's a, he was on the Yankees, uh, then he's on Seattle, um, oh, names escaping me, but like he was nothing special. Ben Gamble, Ben Gamble. Yep. So like, so he's not, he's not useful. all from a fantasy perspective but stashing clint frazier is because of skill right um same thing with pitchers like ross stripling good pitcher um things happened in la so he became valuable but closers their value is based on opportunity not skill so why would you invest um why wouldn't you invest as little as possible in closers this year because their replacements will replace um because closers replacements Will replace the stats that they that you're going to fall short of most reliably.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100. I think um, I, I I think and there's another article I wrote earlier in the year about closers. In almost in a short well in a short season, you sometimes think the skill is going to win out, right? Um, and in in but but in a shorter season, the role is going to be more important because the skill might not get a chance to play out. So I like getting guys that have jobs. Like, I definitely prioritize that. But I but that's the primary factor. It's not their strikeout rate or their ER rate. You're, you're did, gold do they have
1: digger. a job? You're a gold yeah. digger. You want guys with jobs.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want guys with jobs. <laughs>
1: you're wearing a that, pair of juicy shorts right now. <laughs> <that's>,
0: <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, but I just, like, will Kirby Yates probably be better than, um, you know, than Hector Neri's? You know, Yates was drafted in the fifth round in our draft, and Nerys was drafted in the 11th, probably. But the that was main right. Thing that I drafted, was right the
1: COVID, That was right when the COVID happened, though, right?
0: That uh, like, might have oh, been. Well, you could go around. You could go around up or two up, and so round nine: Ken Giles, Brad Hand, Vicelli, Iglesias, Craig Kimbrell, all go. So you could. So will Will Kirby Yates be better than all of those pitchers? Probably, but the main thing you're drafting him for is saves. And, therefore, will Kirby Yates – I'm much less confident saying that Kirby Yates is going to have many more saves than those people because uh, we know how much of that has to do with, you know, luck in terms of how often you're going to come in with the lead in, in, in a short season. The difference could be one or two saves between him or, or any, any one of those people could out, could out save him. And I wouldn't be shocked. Um, so I just think that I'd rather be picking a guy like in that round, Eloy Jimenez. Jose Abreu, Matt Olson, Marcelo Zuna, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Manny Machado. These are all players George Springer in the same round as, as Kirby Yates. And I'm just like I would just much rather get have all of those hitters than him and wait like four or five rounds and then get that middle tier closer that is not isn't going to have necessarily the elite ratios but is going to give you the save
1: right on. So, want to get into our bold predictions? People yeah, let's that people are waiting for We'll see if we we'll see if we have time for that fan question, but we we might be running short on time. But we'll try and get through as as quick as possible because I like, I really want to I really want to answer that question. Um, so um, first bold prediction, go ahead. You go, we'll, we'll go we'll go back and forth.
0: Well, I'm gonna beat you to the, your Charlie Morton prediction because I don't know who yours is, but so mine is Charlie Morton will win the Cy Young award and be a top five fantasy starter. Oh snap! We, we might have a fight. <laughs> Okay,
1: well, um, so I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't really have in any order that I'm going to save my, my in. So I'm going to, I'll go with my Charlie Morton prediction as well. I'm going to say Lance Lynn this year is by far better than Car- Charlie Morton. Um, and by next season, Lynn's ADP will be within five spots of Justin Verlander. And that's not to say um, it's Lynn going up, it could be a combination of Lynn going up and Verlander going down.
0: Yeah, I, I I like Lance Lynn a lot. Uh, uh, I've been a he was a big fan of his in the spring. He's kind of people have kind of gotten in on Lance Lynn. Like it took them a few months of not having baseball and digging in. But I like Lance Lynn. I just love Charlie Gordon So that, that's a, that's a good one. I I respect uh, I respect the disagreement there. Um, Me too. My my second one is that Dansby Swanson. Who and i when I'm using ADP, I'm using only June and July NFBC ADP draft. So, Dansby Swanson, who's the 24th shortstop off the board in ADP, will finish as a top 12 shortstop. So, in a 12-teamer, he's a starting shortstop. Like and it. We, can, we can use, like, I don't know if you want to use Rasball or CBS or whatever player or you want, but you get the idea.
1: I love it. I like that prediction. Um, Swanson's, I like, I like him, and I like his upside. He's one of those guys that just, like, I, I like, but I just haven't been getting a lot of. But um, I like that prediction. Hmm. Who's What's your number team? two? My number two is Casey Mize and Brady Singer, both on shitty teams. Will both be more valuable than both J- Dustin May and Josh James this year? This year,
0: in a wow! Week. That's that. That is massively bold because I think that if I was running those teams, I would never call them up. Um, the 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 only the reason to do it, of course, is with starting pitchers. They only have so many bullets to throw and. Maybe it makes sense to start the clock. Uh, uh, But with two non-contending teams, that's that's bold.
1: That's bold. I like it. I put it on on an article. um, um, And I pulled it back off Twitter because I'm going to nominate another main event. I wasn't expecting to be. And just about on on quotes that that you're hearing from from managers. And one of them was Bryce Harper said, if Spencer Howard's not up by the sixth game of the season, then we've got a big problem. So uh, that pushed Howard up well he actually didn't change my thought on him because i was always on him but yeah, another thing was um ron Gardenhire on the on the, the the tigers his man the manager of the tigers ron Gardenhire, said that um um he's he talking about casey mize and matt boyd was raving about him too and they said he said that he can't be up soon enough he's like he's he's, he's moving quickly and he can't be moving quick enough that's um, awesome so that really made me think that he's going to be up soon and uh, also like like well tigers I guess it's different management now, but Leland always brought up like his players like Verlander didn't pitch in eight in double a, and he was up. And then a lot, a lot of the other pitchers that, that Leland just brought up right now, they say he said, give me skill. Uh, doesn't care about chemistry um, experience. He's like, just give me the, give me good players. And um, Mize is a good player. So that's, that's my prediction. I, I admit that is bold, but um, I could see May and, and Josh James being like four innings, maybe like it's, it's, honestly I don't know what's gonna happen I don't think anyone knows but yeah. um, I could see the, like those those are bad teams those are bad teams but they're also in bad divisions
0: yep I would um, I agree I agree and they're in the same bad division but yeah no they're but they're both super talented I mean Mises is special um, so my third one is also pretty crazy and demonstrates how the news of a week can change things but I, I'm saying that Matt Kemp Whose ADP? No, don't don't. Is five hundred and seventy-five. Okay. Will out will out-hurt his ADP by at least four hundred spots. What? So he's going to be a top top one seventy-five player by the end of this year. The, Rock, the Rockies are going to DH. Rockies are going to Rocky. They're going to DH him. You know, probably four times a week. He's going to play half his game in cords, and he's going to hit like you know, two seventy, two eighty, with maybe eight eight or nine home runs and, you know, some runs in RBIs, and that'll, be, that'll put him in that spot this year. <laughs> wow. Um, I told you it was bold. That's a, that's my craziest one. That's my So I got one. a question.
1: I got a follow-up question on that. Is, do you think um, in this bold prediction
0: world, is Matt um, Camp going to be better than Sam Hilliard? Yeah, I think it's uh, he's going to be better than Sam Hilliard and or Rymel Tapia.
1: Okay, but, yeah. well, that's all the time we have for you, Craig. Um, uh <laughs> Chris.
0: <laughs> it's uh, not that he's it's not that he's better it's that this is the rockies like you right. gotta look at these guys i mean i, I i've been burned by them just like Zach, for like the last
1: G, seven, yeah seven, G. The we're not going to get to his question we're not going to get the fan question because i'm going to have to end this interview right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love sam i love hillary i love the talent uh i love garrett hampson i spent a lot of money on him last year i love you know he, the, the list goes on and on and as much as i you know, I respect, uh, you know, Ian Desmond as a, as a human, and I thought the way he walked away this year was spectacular. Um, you know, I, when they signed him, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was terrible. It was blocking, and it just it just continues and continues. I've had Brendan Rodgers, like, on a, a, a auto-new prospect contract for, like, five years. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just like I'm so tired of these guys. So I decided, Zach, instead of, like, fighting it just to join into the madness, and to say, hey, all right, it's a crazy season. The Rockies, you know, they're crazily signed back camp, even though know they've got like six other guys in the organization. And they like these guys, so they're gonna play him and he'll hit it. That's my so that's my crazy prediction. I
1: love Rogers too, and that reminds me that this is this is probably one of the best trades I've ever made. It was a 30 team dynasty league where like every like there's thirty teams hundred you have hundred players. I traded Brendan Rogers, and this is tough because I loved him, I picked him really high. I traded Brendan Rogers, Alex Reyes, and um, who's the guy? in The Marlins, their middle infielder, Ison Diaz. Yep. I those three guys for Fernando Tatis Jr.
0: Woo, you already won
1: Mitch Keller and Jesse Winker, and that was a, that was at a time where Rogers was ranked way higher than um, what's in, in Tatis. But that's probably one of the best trades
0: ever made. But. It's gotta be. I mean, it sounds like you're returning with Neil Huntington in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But uh, that's uh, that's that's bananas. So who's your who's your uh, who's your third uh, um, what's your third big bold prediction?
1: My third one, I'll go with uh, my boy. I try not to do. I try not to use guys that I talked about a lot, but I couldn't help it. I'm going to say, and this just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Kevin Crone leads the NL in home runs, batting a oh. cool batting a cool two forty three la Chris Davis.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, that's definitely within the run. I could see that happening if he gets the at bats, right? I mean, hell, he, he, absolutely that could happen. Uh, that's, not that's likely, a, but you never know.
1: That's just confirmation bias before it even happens because I've just been on him. Um, but yeah, what about but, uh, you? Who's uh, your? Are you on four or five? I'm
0: on number four. I'm on number four. Number four for me is that Madison Bumgarner, who's the 56th pitcher off the board, will not be a top 100 pitcher.
1: I like it. I'm in on that.
0: I just I'm scared, man. I mean, he's like leaving the his all the indicators look bad last year. He's leaving the friendly confines. He, you know, uh, it's just it. Everything spells uh, you know going downhill and, and, and I actually think this is a case where volume could hurt you. Like I'd be really cautious about Mad Bum in an NL only league right now where you have to keep all your players in a lineup because like they're gonna keep on rolling him out there and he could come he could have like a four point eight ERA with a one point three five whip. And you know, and that's gonna that's gonna be worse than any any middle reliever, any closer and any top most top three starters the rest of them get pulled out. So for me, I think it's easy. You'll, he's not going to be a top hundred pitcher.
1: I like it. All right, my fourth is I'm going to go Julio Arias, greater sign, greater than Clayton Kershaw, Ooh, because, awesome. because he's a better pitcher.
0: See, I like, I like, I like, I like Clayton Kershaw this year. I can't get on board with that. But I don't everyone, know. We all, we all know gonna- he's got it within. He's got it within him. But I mean, Arias has got the stuff.
1: Kershaw was, Kershaw was like a fourth or fifth round pick. Everyone was scared, back injury. Then all of a sudden the short season came and now he's like literally a second, like early sometimes, well, mid second round pick in the main event. Don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't know why things can change that much.
0: Yeah, I liked him in the preseason too. I haven't really moved much on him. He was one of my guys. In a couple of uh, early best balls where I, I punted pitching early, I would just grab Kershaw in like the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round uh, not,
1: I, think, I guess uh, you're talking 12 team leagues
0: uh maybe i don't remember but he there were they, I, mean, I, don't know, he, he, I don't remember he, him being seventh he maybe. slipped now he slipped yeah it may be, it may have been it may have been a 12 that one i can't remember because i've done some on i did some on fan and some on the uh, nfbc site as well uh, as the best ball tens and i actually did one on, re, on uh, real time sports as well so um, yeah, uh, I, I, I like Kershaw, but I, look, that that pick could happen because Urias has the talent, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, I've got, like, two more, but I'm just going to pick one. So my, my last you can one, do them. well, one I'll, I'll do a quick one because I, I just don't know if it's bold enough. Uh, but it's one of my favorite guys, and I just wanted to hammer him home. And that's that um, And he's another Dodger. Alex Wood, who's, whose price has shot up. It still hasn't shot up enough for me. He was, like, in the 600s. Yeah, he was, and I was grabbing him everywhere. One of the guys that, I and, talked about that could move up a ton. And now he, and when you look at his career, first of all, I like to remind everyone he's younger than Mike Clevenger. Second of all, he's pitched 150 innings or more in for the last six seasons, and and they've all been good except for last year's you know season where he wasn't good. So he, he's 88. Even even over the even in the recent drafts, he's the 88th pitcher off the board. I think he's he'll be top 50. I
1: like it. I like that. I like that one. Maybe, um, maybe you'll do your last one because I don't want sure. to after, after I do my last one, we'll, we'll end off with you, but I'll, I'll give you my fifth one and then you can do your, your bullet. Yep. Yep. Um, give, give the audience something to give the audience a little treat at the end of the episode here. But here's, here's mine. This is um, this is based on, this is based on my thinking here is a potential trade. And there's a lot, there's a lack of track track record here on this guy. First of all, I think the Red Sox will win less than 25 games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Workman will finish worse in every roto category than Nick Anderson, including saves, and oh. will save less than ten games.
0: I like it. I like it. I'm not a Workman guy. I'm a Matt Barnes guy. I have Workman in a couple of places, like where I just got him, and he makes me very nervous. Um, oh, so I, a I like that. For Matt Barnes gets less than ten saves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, if that matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. They, they could both. They're both. They both have the potential to blow up, and Nick Anderson is just an elite arm with great talent. The thing you worry about at Tampa is they've got like, they're just loaded. I mean, I'm, I put money on Tampa for the World Series, which is part of my, you know, reason for the Morton. But I think they're. I think if any team is built for this season, it's Tampa, and I've been saying that for a long time. I've, I've heard that talking point a couple of other places, but as soon as we looked at the short season, I was like, you know, I'm backing it up. Like you see, like I'm drafting guys like. Yanni Torinos and you know, in a lot of drafts, I've got Ryan Yarbrough. I'm not a big fan of where Snell and Glassnow tend to be going, but I just yeah. loading up on uh, on on Ray's arms and Ray's bullpen arms to Nick Anderson, Kittredge. I mean, there's a bunch of arms there that that have significant value.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a mess in the bullpen, but still. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I, 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 don't, I don't, you know what, here's, an, here's another thing that I, that might be, like, I, I don't think it's, a, I, I think it's probably not a popular opinion, but Nick Anderson versus Josh Hader. They're both like. First of all, Craig Counsell is gonna gonna mess with his staff a lot. Like, they're they're those starters aren't gonna really have traditional roles. He's, he's even said that. So the hype on Burns, even though I just grabbed him super early in this, um, I dropped him before pick what two hundred in this DC that I'm doing right now. But um, you know, shit, I'm on the clock. Okay, I got 20 minutes left. It's okay. but I'm, I'm saying, uh, um, like both of them are like. Nick Anderson was better in the second half than Josh Hader. They both have ridiculous strikeout rates. They're both great pitchers. And I think Nick Anderson is probably on a better team with more win and save pop potential. Uh, and he had a, like their ratios are pretty close. And like both of those teams are not going to be using like them in that traditional role. I don't trust. I don't trust that starters will always go five. I don't trust that Hader or Anderson, both of them will always be that ninth inning guy. So I don't see the justification of, like, 100 picks between them.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I don't know which uh, way it should go, but I I don't don't
1: see – the disparity just makes no sense.
0: Yeah, well, it's probably, to be honest, in my opinion, it should probably go both ways, whereas Anderson should be pushed up and Hader should be pushed down.
1: Agreed. I agree.
0: Um, uh, So my last uh, prediction is that Kenta Maeda, who's the 53rd pitcher off the board in the last two months, will outproduce. Chris Paddock, who's 17th, Trevor Bauer, who's 25th, and Corey Kluber, who's 33. So, uh, Kluber, I'm just not back in on convincing he's fully healthy. Um, I, I didn't like him before okay. he got hurt. Um, I, I just haven't been one of the people who's too risky for me. I, I could be very much wrong, and in many ways, I hope I am, because my biggest concern there is health. Um, Bauer, while I, I, I think there is, like, a, a, a percentage chance that... He's got drive line and he's got his head head on straight and it's all gonna work out for him. I have no I idea, just, man. I always I, I also think he could he could be just like Mad Bum, like this massive accumulator of bad stats.
1: Um, yeah. And he'll,
0: he'll get K's, but um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not there. I don't know, and he's I, either
1: taking it really seriously or really not seriously. I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. Well, I just I just I think he – He's had one really, really good season, and so I don't think it'll be his only one. But I'm not convinced that this is the short season. This short season, he could, he could. And then with Paddock, I love Paddock, I do. Like, but he can't, he was so good. He, like, he's the anchor of a couple of my dynasty rotations. He was so good last year. He's just, he's due to regress. They play a lot of games in Colorado this year. I think disproportionately. Yes, they do. Uh, which, yeah, yeah. That's just I like, I just maybe he gets a couple of those thrown in there in a short season. And uh, he could like, and he, he's he could maybe he finally gets his third pitch, and he's like you know legitimately using it. But he hasn't what done that. Is, yet. What is he fastball changeup? I think he's fastball changeup, and he's working on a curve. But the curve has been showing. So that's the and, curve.
1: And the, isn't, isn't the curve the, the ball that the, the pitch that turns to shit in Colorado? So maybe Paddock's one of the guys that can won't be that much worse in Colorado.
0: No, I think it would. I would think it would work the other way in the sense that he can't even show it there or if he does it gets maybe he, throws it but he never used it expect. anyways
1: like then he's just as good as he was last year which is yeah fucking amazing
0: yeah no he could be he could be i <laughs> um uh, like i said i'm just uh i'm where i just think we'll I, I think we could see a step back in this season where he still has a pretty good year you know because i believe in him very much over the long term but i just think uh the seven he's, he's the 17th pitcher going off the board and that's way too high for me I think Maeda is in a really good position on a really good team that's, uh, you know, talented. He gets it's the pitch against the AL Central, and um, I've always liked him. Uh, and I always felt that I regretted that, resented the way the Dodgers intentionally mismanaged their, his contract uh, to, you know, basically keep him, give him as little money as possible, uh, which, you know, I, you, they, haven't won, they haven't won a World Series, so maybe that's what held them back. Uh, although they sure have a good chance this year.
1: All right, um, I'm just going to finish off my pick it on the turn here, and then we can. Well, uh, well wrap I, it. I,
0: yeah, if I don't know, if it, so I just followed the guilds on Twitter. I haven't followed them, and it looks like guilds. Yeah, uh, I I thought it was the guilds. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't. I've never. I, he seems. Uh, he's an NPC player, so I just gave him a. Because you brought him up, and he sent a question. I gave, I, I followed him. So. Okay. I, uh, I don't
1: know. Uh, I don't yeah, know he's about. Good, he's a good, probably a good follow for that. I think an FBC player. Um, yeah, we nice. get that que- Like we were going back and forth with that question. It was An excellent question on his end. He said he like he, he really wanted to hear my opinion, but I don't know if we're gonna have time. We've already, we've already run pretty late, so we're probably gonna get to that next episode. So, if you all right, next episode we'll we'll talk a bit about that. We'll, we'll get we'll get to Julie's question next episode. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, thanks for, thanks for, um, thanks for coming on, Chris, Chris at baseball pods, follow, um, follow him at baseball pods on Twitter. Um, and again, yeah, sorry to We're not going to get to that question. Uh, we'll get it to it next time. I promise, buddy. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, if there any, anything else you want to plug your website or, um,
0: yeah, I mean, look, baseball I, I, podcasts. Know, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, baseball dash pods.com. You know, we, there's a lot of stuff on there about podcasts. There's actually original fantasy baseball content and, uh, you know um i'll see you guys on twitter and where I, I, I pretty much live um but uh but thanks for having me on zach i really appreciate it hey thanks for coming this was a fun one burns, burns burns the ring of fire the ring of fire i fell into a burning ring of fire i went down 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 and the flames went higher and it burns burns burns, burns.